being authentic is just being that. It's being you. And if you're just telling your story day to day, that is selling. You don't realize it, but it is. Hello, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to SOS, a live call-in help show with me, your host, Sonia Rasula, founder of Unique Markets. Each week, I answer some of the most pressing questions from entrepreneurs, small business owners, and creatives. We talk about social media. We talk about growing and scaling. We talk about marketing. The reason this podcast exists is because the fact is most businesses will not make it to five years. I've had multiple businesses for over a decade now, and I really want to make sure that you have long-term success. I don't want you to make the same mistakes that I made. So tune in weekly as I help business owners face their sh**. Before we start today's episode, I wanted to give a shout out to our sponsor, Constant Contact. The reason why I love Constant Contact so much is because, first of all, I am a marketing geek, but second of all, for all of us small business owners who complain about the deadly algorithm, I know you know what I'm talking about, the best thing you can do for your business is use email marketing. When you send an email, it actually reaches your customers' inboxes. This is really, really important for everyone listening. Take a second and think about that. Everyone puts so much importance and so much effort towards Instagram. And while I love Instagram, the algorithm is a freaking nightmare. So get on board with email marketing. Constant Contact is who we use for everything. And they've got a special offer for you right now. Calling all small business owners, nonprofit pioneers, and savvy side hustlers. If you're looking for guidance in the noisy world of online marketing, Constant Contact has your back. Their team has the expert guidance, tools, and technology you need to successfully build and market your business. So whether you want to step up your email marketing game with customizable email templates or grow your e-commerce using their Shopify integration, Constant Contact has everything you need to achieve online marketing greatness. To get 30% off your first three months, visit constantcontact.com slash unique and enter the promo code unique at checkout. That's constantcontact.com slash unique and enter the code all caps U-N-I-Q-U-E. Hello, this is Shu. Hi, it's Sonia. Hi, Sonia. Today, we'll be speaking with Sujan Bertrand, founder of Apla, a zero-waste company creating modern culinary products and bags designed with origami principles. Her products help you transport food, bottles of wine, cut flowers, and more. Apla abstains from using buttons, zippers, and rivets while striving for zero textile waste. In today's episode, we talk about growth and scaling the company through marketing and selling at in-person markets, as well as the importance of attending trade shows. Plus, you'll hear my best advice and guidelines for Instagram ever. And remember to stay tuned to the end of the episode for Sonia's top takeaways designed to give you the best nuggets from each episode. So Apla is a culinary design collection for food, wine, bread, and garden. And it really is about um, designing a collection for sustainable living. And we as a company are a zero-waste design and manufacturing company. So we're really trying to 
practice that internally as well, offering a collection for our customers. We are most known for the plaw, the uplaw tote, which is the culinary tote um, that carries dishes upright up to um, 13 inch rounds uh, and then down to like a nine inch pie. So it carries pies and salads and casseroles and dishes. um, And you can even prepare a cheese plate, for example, ahead of time and then have that prepared and slip it right into your tote. This tote bag that she's talking about is so genius because you can take something right out of the oven, like literally slip it into this bag that is horizontal. It keeps everything horizontal. And then we just go to the potluck and it's so amazing. There's no more like burning your lap. If you're like sitting in a car holding it, like it's genius. So I'm obviously a big fan of yours. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So let's get into why you called. I mean, it seems like you're doing really, really well and you're probably at a place of pivoting because of growth. So what what are some of those most important questions that you need help with? I guess the biggest one is just getting our product And there's our stories out to people uh, that really care about sharing food uh, and living sustainably. The the marketing portion tends to be a little bit more uh, challenging. I think what I'm always really cautious about is authenticity and talking about the product and being humble and about all the aspects of how we make it to how we use it and, and messaging that. I guess there's always this idea of um, um, not doing too much, that you feel salesy, if you will. And um, that always kind of puts you in this awkward position where you feel like you're always trying to sell your product. But in fact, that's what we need, right? We need sa- we need sales ultimately because we're a company creating product. Um, but as an as a person, as a mother, and also as a designer, there's this um, uncomfortable place of constantly mm. selling, drawing <laughs> uh-huh. a sale out there that feels a little uncomfortable, I would say. Okay. Okay. I just heard volumes in what you just said. So um, I'm going to regurgitate I think you probably are very aware of some of some of the things that I'm about to mention. But so one of one of the things that you just mentioned was kind of like an uncomfortableness. It all stems from this place of wanting to be authentic. And I'm curious. So does authentic to you mean I get I feel like you think authenticity means not talking about business or sales or getting people to buy things? You know, it's it's interesting. I, I wish I had um, more words to describe that uncomfortable place of. I think it's almost like it's a it's a character trait where you either feel really good about bragging and talking mm-hmm. about yourself and selling your product, and and you just when you look at people who can do that really well and confidently, you're like, oh gosh, okay, I can do that. I can do that. And then when I try to position myself, I kind of you know, kind of want to step to the side a little right. and, and just be the the behind the scenes where right. I think as a business owner and um, I am really passionate and I do really want and I, I stand behind our product, our process of zero waste to be able to jump into the light. is kind of like my next big call to action and like soul searching moment of like, OK, you can you can jump in front of the camera. You can get more in in the eyes of the 
of your community. Right. Okay. So that's interesting. So I'm going to point out one of the words that you used in describing that, which was bragging. And I think we need to focus on that word because I think this is on, this is going to help you so much. And I, I really hope it does. Um, at some point in your life, you were taught a lesson and the lesson was that like, if you, if you raised your hand, you were like a show off or you were bragging. Like if you raised your hand in class, I feel like some, some point in your life, that is what was communicated to you or that's what you kind of came to understand because it's a, it's a very different thing. So you own a business and talking about what you do and being passionate for what you do comes naturally to you already. But what I hear is that when you have to translate that to social media, you then internalize it as being like, I'm bragging and I'm going to be a show off and people aren't going to like me. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, everyone has this problem, not just you. Like, like I can give you a little bit of insight onto unique markets and me. So, you know, I've had the company for 11 years. Most people would describe me as probably very outgoing and an extrovert. I am naturally an introvert. And I also think a lot of people don't truly understand the definitions of those two words. Mm -hmm. I'm very, very comfortable and great at being on stage and talking to thousands of people, but I really like being alone. Like I really like being alone. Um, I'm not out there like mingling and networking and partying all the time. Like I am at home with my dogs watching like Netflix and gardening, like, but the persona, my guess, and maybe you would agree with this just by, you know, looking at me on social media is that I'm like very outgoing. It didn't come naturally to me. So having my photo taken for like magazines and newspaper articles, it was very uncomfortable for me. And I look at the photos that were taken five years ago and the ones that are now taken now. And I've come a long way because I've essentially just allowed myself. I've given myself, um, permission to just relax. So I'm it, you know, it sounds very simple to say to you, just relax, <laughs> But when it comes to social media and marketing, you very much are the story, your passion, your ideas, your designs. You're the reason why the company exists and why the different products exist. And so when you talk about them and when you talk about yourself or um, talk about, you know, trying to get people to buy more products, um, that shouldn't be something where you feel like embarrassed or shameful but for some reason, a lot of society does feel that. So they don't feel it when they look at other people. But when they look at themselves, there's this hump that they have to get over, which is just like, no one is judging you. You're the only one judging yourself. <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> well, I think what's really interesting in, in this big shift with um, this social content for marketing, where I think there's this idea where when you start a business, you don't think about having to have your own channel or your own, you know, Instagram channel or whatever it might be. And so, um, and I think there's, there's people who really start their businesses through social media 
and others that start from, you know, for me, I started in the factory and designing and making, and then having to kind of come full circle to the other end where, um, this is just, this is the time we're in where people want to have that inside story. They want to have the personal connection to the makers, um, and of course, that's what Unique Market is doing. Um, and to the, the stories, the origin stories, these are stories that also, even though I'm, I feel um, video or camera shy or photo shy, there's just so much. And I believe that a lot of business owners have so much to tell, so much to share. There's so many mistakes I've made. I'd love to share that mm-hmm. I don't, I, you know, I want people to to learn from my mistakes or I want to show and share the things that I've learned that I think that other people can apply. And so my biggest mission is to really unfold, haha, you know, folding (laughs) is the design principle. So origami design principles yield the zero waste design. And I want help to help other brands, especially in the cut sew industry, that I can help them understand how do you get to a zero waste production and have um, a 360 um, circular economy model that ultimately is helping save money for the business, saving money for the factory and saving money or saving the life of the planet. And I think that um, apply, yes, we started with a brand, but our mission is much bigger. And that's where I have to step into the light of being able to really um start to share the message that I, what I've come to learn in the last four to five years is, is super important for the future of manufacturing and the future of design. Mm -hmm. So getting up there is super important. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting because you like that soundbite just there, it's like, so everything that you said was so interesting and I think filled with like insight and passion and a lot of people, you know, will hear that and make them think about, um, their own manufacturing and how they're doing things in zero waste. I think it's super interesting that you're able to talk about it so easily with me, like here, but that clearly what, what your biggest thing is that like, how do you start to bring bits of that story and bits of more storytelling into your marketing and into your social media? Do you currently talk about the fact that, I mean, I'm assuming you do the fact that it's zero waste, but do you really get into how you've worked with the factories or have you done videos or gone and shot photography and use that as content? Only in writing and in photography, but not video. When people think about the words filming or video, they get very anxious because they're like, I can't afford a crew. You know, it's just going to be me. Here's the thing with like how people consume content these days. The amazing thing is you don't have to have a professional camera. You don't have to have a crew. Honestly, with social media, it's just point and go. And so I really encourage you to just take your phone, go down to the factory (laughs) and, you know, shoot video. It's so easy. You can use iMovie. Like we're not talking about like crazy programs either. iMovie is free. So it's like, you can shoot some video at your factories and then if you don't want to be on camera, you can have, you can just be shooting and talking and it's going to record that audio as well. And once you drag it in to, um, iMovie, you can separate audio and visual. And so you've got your storytelling aspect there where you're seeing the factories, you're seeing what 
can be possible and you're telling the story. And to be perfectly honest, you are reaching a much wider audience. And the reason I recommend like IGTV or putting videos up on YouTube is because you're then looking at a global audience. And I know already having, let's say Facebook and Instagram accounts for your business. Yes, you're reaching a global audience, but it's not as if the posts are constantly pushing people like click the link in my profile, click the link in my profile, you know, with IGTV and YouTube videos, people are going to be much more interested and attached to your brand because they're learning more about it instead Mm -hmm. of just looking Mm -hmm. at a photo. So I would highly recommend just because I think like your knowledge is really, really key. And so few people have it. So few small businesses and people who even, you know, sell at the markets are are at the level of being and have the background that you have. So I would say, yeah, put yourself out there more. You need to be doing that. (laughs) Yeah. Like way more. And then you mentioned something earlier in your, in your first question, which was about like, you know, well, I don't want every post to be about sales. Like I don't want to constantly be like selling. And there's two pieces of advice I have for that. Cause I, I really wanted to make sure to get, come and get back to that point, which was that, If you're authentic with just what you post and like that can mean a number of things, just honestly be yourself, whether you're having a good day or a bad day, show the messy office, but also show the beautiful photos and the beautifully styled food photography. Like you don't have to only be one thing. You can be everything. Like we as human beings are multifaceted. So I would say being authentic is just being that it's being you. Um, and if you're just telling your story day to day, that is selling, you don't realize it, but it is. And the goal with social media is to tell your story. And it's not just one story, you know, all of those perfectly curated feeds where everything looks the same. And like, I believe that's done. People don't care about that anymore. There's in Mm -hmm. fact, like a lot of anxiety that's happening because of that. So I would say selling is just telling your story because you're creating more brand loyalty and brand awareness. And then Mm -hmm. the second Mm -hmm. part of that is truly selling. And you should not be worried about having those posts. And have you ever done a social media strategy where you know how many posts a week you do and which, which category they fall into? No. No, we haven't done that. Okay. So I would say that's something that you need to do immediately. Um, and it's very easy. It's this does not have to be hard. Creating a social media strategy is literally looking at what is your actual bandwidth? Like you're not an agency. (laughs) If you're doing this yourself, look at your bandwidth. If you're, if you're hiring someone, find them on Craigslist or on Facebook, or even ask your community, is there someone out there who does social media who wants to work with us? You know, it's, it's five hours a week. Cause that it really doesn't need to be more than that. Um, sure. and then what you do is you create your social media strategy, which is we are going to post X amount of times per week. And from looking at our most popular posts, you need to take some time to actually look at the analytics and mm-hmm. yeah. see what your most popular posts are. And you can very easily from that figure out, okay, so the most popular posts are not the ones of our product, but it's the ones of us actually showing behind the scenes. Sure. Yeah. We've dabbled into that information. You have? Okay, great. Yeah. And so if you know what 
your most popular posts are, and then the next most popular, what you want to do is create a strategy that says, okay, we're going to post seven day, seven times a week, which really is not a lot. So within those seven days, four of them need to be behind the scenes. Two of them are going to be product, which means in those posts, we are definitely selling. We're saying, click the link in our bio to buy this or, you know, limited quantities or brand new, or this is something that we created because we wanted to solve this problem. Click the link in bio. So you're definitely posting some that are product heavy, and then you're posting maybe one a week that is actually you as a business owner or people who work for you. So I would call those people posts. And once you come up with that strategy, just stick with it. I think what we've done is pretty, pretty minimal. We just thought, okay, we should post three times a week, but it wasn't really defined other than we do have a marketing plan um, that we, you know, we do thematic months. Mm -hmm. And then we just kind of Instagram is one of the subject lines, but it's not like a, a larger strategy within in itself. So I think um, this is our next to do. I really love your advice and really diving deeper into Instagram in itself and having an individual strategy just for it. Right now it's kind of tucked under the larger strategy and we just say, okay, post three times a week and, right. and we're not really putting a lot of um, thought into it. Right. And to be perfectly honest, so last summer, for instance, um, we had an amazing journalism student who wanted to, when she graduated, you know, dedicate herself to social. Um, and so we had her work on filling a folder with posts. And so, you know, I say, I tell you about the social media strategy because it's so crucial. Your time is crucial. You're the boss. You're running things. So for efficiency, if you have a strategy and, you know, a style guide that shows these are the color, these are the main colors that are important in our thread, you know, visually, it's these three colors. So always try to find photography that is that. Um, or if, if it doesn't need to be all, you know, aesthetically pleasing like that, it's that every month we're going to go to different colors. I've seen feeds that do that. But once you have a style guide with colors, you know, is there ever going to be typography on the images or not? All of these questions, and you can just Google, this is something that everyone listening to can Google, like how to create a brand style guide, how to create a social media strategy. Like there's so much out there on the internet, but essentially once you create that document, you can then hand that off to anyone. You could hand that off to a 14 year old and that person would just crush it. You could hand that off to a 60 year old and they'd crush it because you've laid out exactly what you need them to do. And so I mentioned this also because, you know, at the end of the day, if you're running the business and you're trying to expand and you're already a little bit uncomfortable talking about yourself, you can find someone to talk about you. <laughs> does that make sense? So, you know, it, last it year we knew, we knew, you know, we know that on the unique markets feed, the most popular posts are the ones that are very, very story driven, very deeply connected to the idea of community and um, social good those are probably the most popular ones. And then the next are me, it would, you know, and so we have to be aware of that as a business owner. I'm like, okay. So last year, this amazing intern just filled a folder with, 
she scrubbed articles that had been written about me. She sat down and asked me a bunch of questions one afternoon. And then she had everything that she needed. And she slowly, you know, attached photos to story and, you know, set out like 50 posts, which were amazing that it's done. I don't have to talk about myself. That would be weird and awkward. Um, but you know, I'm fine doing it if I have to, but again, like someone else is actually doing this. Um, it, you don't have to do everything. I think what's, what's great is that I do have someone who is helping me with the social posts, but it's, she's kind of, um, in the sense where, um, because we've put her as a single line item, I think the idea is to, what you're saying is to really integrate my personal story and more of our mission driven, um, brand, um, values mm -hmm. into the, into the strategy, which right now it is a sales, it, it is a baseline of sales. And so, um, and we're only doing that three times a week. So I think we're missing the other three days or four days to fill in, which I love. You call it people. So it doesn't have to necessarily be me. It could be people in the factory or team members or clients yes. um, and partners. We have so many, you know, chef partners that we're, we could be telling stories about. So I love that kind of the, the sales. Yes, we do the baseline, but then there's this other part of the business, um, mm -hmm. which is, you know, the partnerships and, and that's internal. Yeah. And you know, it, so we all say social media, social media, social media. And the funny thing that so many people forget is the word social part of it. <laughs> so everyone thinks that it's just advertise straight up advertising and marketing, but to truly be good and have a great community that utilizes social media that will help increase sales, you have to be social. So the idea of you featuring partners that you work with, chefs, companies, stores that carry your product, this is really, I love that you just said that because that really is part of it. It's not just you all the time. It's that you're, you're showing your community that you're also um, featuring them and that they are in fact your community. And what's interesting, you know, because of let's say Instagram and tagging, um, and using a hashtag, it's that you can really involve your community even more. So it's like, you know, you feature a restaurant that has your products or you feature a store and then you're, you know, you create a hashtag that people can start uploading their own photos. People who've bought products of yours should start uploading photos. Stores that carry your products should start taking, you know, shelfies, you know, you know, and then hashtagging like, um, their photos so that then you can feature them. Like there's a whole social kind of community aspect to Instagram that, that we haven't talked a lot about. And so I think that that's key, what you just said. And I think it's really important for you to pay attention to is, um, once you tag someone, they then know that you featured them and it feels good. And so it might be likely that then they talk about you or regram, or if you talk about people in stories, they're going to, you know, restory everything. And that's just then getting your brand name in front of their audience, which is another huge part of it. That's how you truly grow community on Instagram and Facebook. Yes. Yes. It is pretty magical that you can ping somebody and get awareness, um, from potential customers or clients. Um, it's amazing. Cause I, I, uh, I've been for so long wanting to partner with outstanding in the field. 
Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of, you know, in my head and asking people like, who do you know that knows the founder? And then I just like three days ago, literally I was doing a story and I thought this bag would be so perfect. This shot is so perfect for outstanding in the field as if it was one of the dinners. And I posted them and they, and they wrote back and said, Oh my God, is that a plate bag? And it's like, well, there you go. Yeah. I just reached, I just reached the brand that I've been dreaming to, to reach. And I was kind of more old school thinking, well, what do I say? Who do I write? What's the right email address? Uh-huh. Um, and all I needed was an Instagram ping. <laughs> there you go. That's how it happens. I do have a question. Um, in terms of the social media strategy, what platforms do you recommend? Um, the only one I know is Planoly, mm-hmm. but do you have other ones you, that you've used or think are strategic? Yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing really that's like strategic if you're looking for strategy that those are more going to be documents and videos that you can watch online. Once you create that strategy, you just need a partner to pretty much collate all of that content. So we use Hootsuite here at Unique Markets and the Unique Space. So we've got multiple people who are adding in photos and content and then scheduling them. So for us, it's more about scheduling than anything else. It's, it's a great aggregator. So that's what we use in terms of actual strategy. I honestly Google and you're going to find the most amazing examples. If you type in the terms, like instead of just searching, you know, like social media strategy for dummies, a bunch of stuff is going to come up, but I would say type in something like great social media strategy examples. Like once you type in the word examples or like reference documents, a whole other type of, um, types of examples come up and just look through them. So the other thing that you can probably do, which I found really helpful when we were looking through all, when we were starting to really create social media strategy about two years ago was we typed in like examples of top brands. And the thing is, a lot of this stuff is out there because Tom's and Away Luggage and a lot of brands that we know and love, Microsoft, Apple, there will be examples of what they did, um, which is really interesting that you can find all of this online, but you can. And so I think, you know, you just need to dedicate a few hours to research like R and D and, you know, it's not R and D for your products. It's actually R and D for like, okay, we're having this problem with marketing, especially social media. Let's like, let's actually educate ourselves a little bit before we jump into things. So you're going to be able to find some really cool examples. And then there are like worksheets or skeleton documents that you can also search for online. And like, boom, you know, like there it is. You've got a document that tells you, you know, state the colors, what type, what type and fonts are you using this, that, and the other thing, like you're going to find all the information out there. It's like, right. It's kind of a, a list of the things that create the framework of, of your strategy. Yeah. You're just, it's creating a brand, you know, you're from the design world. It's creating a branding document, you know, you, like so many companies have branding documents. You literally just apply that to social media and, um, definitely though, include any analytics that you have 
already from either Facebook or, or Instagram. And I'm assuming you have a business account, so you're going to have those analytics. So look at the past year and look at what the top five posts were in terms of likes, but then you can search differently and look at the top five posts in terms of engagement, because those are two very different things. And you want to create a strategy that includes both of those types of content, whatever, whatever was popular. Yeah, that's amazing. That's great. Yeah. And you know what you had mentioned like origami before and the zero waste thing. And like, I'm so intrigued because if you are short on content, you know, in other words, like you've got all your photography, you've got, um, photos of fabric that you, you know, beautiful colored fabric or the linens or, you know, there's all types of photography that you can use. They don't have to be like that standard product photography. So you can start filling folders with like inspiration. And when I say inspiration, I mean like these don't have to be your photos and you are tagging and giving credit to those people as well, which, you know, then just like you said, without standing in the field, then they know about you instantly. So, you know, that can be a whole folder that you just start to like pin stuff to like, here's a bunch of photos that at some point we should put onto social media when we're having, you know, when we're in crunch time and we need content, here it is. The other thing that you can do is, you know, the philosophy of origami and not having any waste and everything being very precise. There's something to that that I really love. And so it, you know, it could be interesting to like, and you could figure this and how it would match your brand. Maybe you'd only want it to be black and white, or, you know, you'd figure out a way, but it's like every once in a while, you could actually just have like an origami pattern or something. And that's very specific to you. I have a new channel called design for zero waste. And I'm um, starting to do one year of origami practice. And I want to have an exhibition or the idea is to print a book that allows a plot to be like an origami book where we can fold our rectangles into an infinite number of volumes of products. That is so it's, um, it's just a matter of like, uh, <laughs> so I actually, I have a lot of joy in doing just the art and art aspect of that channel and zero waste for design, um, on Instagram. And it's, it's, um, it's funny because there's no thought behind it other than capturing a crease mm-hmm. or a piece of, um, so it, I've never thought of integrating it into the applaud account. Right. Once every two weeks. I could, but I could. Yeah. (laughs) And I would get probably more following on the other side of that. What other questions do you have? Well, I I am curious about the markets. I think there's always this really interesting tension of like how, how frequent do you go to these market and how far do you travel? And when you, when you kind of really calculate the cost and the ROIs of Mm -hmm. that, the return, um, what, what would you what would you advise applaud in that? I remember you invited me five years ago to the LA market, and at the time I thought, okay, well, there's this, you know, resources and time and travel, and yeah. I I feel like I feel like there's there's some well, I'm in point in my business where I'm, I am traveling to New York, mm-hmm. and so I'm getting to a place where I can travel to LA and I can travel to. Chicago and, and other cities, mm-hmm. um, I kind of went from zero to then New York. And so I'm finding <laughs> the in-between. So yeah, what would, would be interesting to know what your thought is of a plot being a part of your community? 
Yeah. So it's very interesting. You, like so many other small business owners, um, it's tough because every single dollar counts, right? Uh, you and I know this. And so when you go to New York, is that for a trade show? I'm just curious. It is. It's wholesale. Okay. And you've had good success with that, right? We, yes, we do. Amazing. I just wanted to have other people listening now, um, hear you say that because for me, one of the hurdles that most businesses have is that they will not allow themselves because they won't spend the money to do trade shows. And it's like, well, one of the ways that you're going to scale if you have a sales strategy, although most people don't have sales strategies, which is a bit of a problem, is wholesale. You know, get out there to the retailers. The more people that know about your brand, the more people are going to eventually find you online and buy from you. So I'm really glad to hear that you took that leap to wholesale because that's, that's something that a lot of people are really scared of. Um, so you talk about ROI and that's an interesting one because it's completely how you want to see the results. So with unique markets, what's really interesting is that I think most vendors, most participants and applicants, when they think about selling at unique markets or a West coast craft or a renegade or, um, a number of the ones that are out there in the world, they have very short sight and they're looking at micro instead of macro. And so they are thinking, okay, well, if it costs $600 plus my time, plus the rentals that we use for the booth. So my hard costs are, let's just throw out a thousand dollars. My hard costs are a thousand dollars. But then I also have to travel or drive there. And you know, that number gets bigger and bigger. And so then they're like, oh, $1,300. I I don't think I'm going to do it because I don't think that I can sell $1,300 worth. So they're looking at, looking at it as strictly a sales event. A short time sales. Yeah. yeah. That one window of time. Yeah. That one window, like uh, we're going to go there and try to sell. And some people are really good at sales. And so if you're really good at sales, like you should be doing more and more markets because as you know, as someone who makes products, selling directly to the consumer means you make twice as much money. There's, there's no middleman. You're just making all the profit, which is the best way to go. But you've got to be good at sales. If you're not good at sales, like markets are going to be tough for you in terms of selling. However, I think that the macro, I think that the bigger picture and the, the smart way to look at unique markets and selling at any market is that it's marketing. And I, it's interesting that not enough people understand this. And I think that they have to be conscious of it to then truly get out of it what they need. So I believe that for the, for the amount of money that it takes, which is usually only hundreds of dollars to get into the over a thousand market, it's because you are traveling, but you have to ask yourself this. If you took $1,500, which is a big amount. So the average person doing like a unique market is not going to spend that much. It's going to be much lower. But if you took that money to try to advertise to people, it, it would be very, very hard to reach the number of people and get the result that you're going to get than being in front of people at a market. So that's mm -hmm. why I say mm -hmm. to me, it's more of a marketing thing. So I think, first of all, your brand is perfect for unique markets. I've always thought that. Obviously, I'm a big fan. Um, and 
It's about interacting with the customer. Like in the age that we are in, where there are millions of stores online and millions of brands, honestly, there are, it's so hard to cut through the noise as a consumer. So if you can put yourself in front of people in real life and make real connections with human beings and sell to them or maybe not sell to them, but they know about your brand, you absolutely have to see it as marketing. So you gather email addresses, you gather SMS. If you do that, Mm -hmm. you get them to follow you online. Like this is what you use markets for because you will never be able to spend the dollars and reach and capture that many people and then have them know about your brand truly. Right. It's literally the cheapest advertising and marketing that is around these days. So, you know, I say absolutely you should do it. And even, you know, traveling to Portland, traveling to Austin, to Chicago, even that, you know, would potentially be worth it because then people in those cities know about your brand and they're spreading them in those cities, not just where you live, but there's so much that goes into it. So it could be you on that day your energy, your positive and selling really well. There's so many, but again, personally, I really think the goal is you come and you say, I want to get 50 people's addresses. I want 50 people that I can then email afterwards links to a website. I believe most sales and Jim, who we had on the podcast just earlier, he is a baker and he says that one out of four customers online say that they heard about him and are purchasing from him because of unique markets. That's a huge number. Mm -hmm. So it's all, you know, it's all about how do people get to know you? How are they going to discover your brand? Yeah, I do strongly believe that. And, um, you know, I think when I have financial advisors and, you know, they are always asking about the return on investment for, you know, um, small markets to larger ones to in New York with the directed trade. And, um, you know, I think if you talk about just sales, maybe out of 18 or or even let's say I did 12 last year, only half of them are really considered sales opportunities. The rest are really for brand alignment, mm-hmm. for brand presence, for um, marketing, because I think that there's nothing better than having a, a person behind that brand. And because we don't have our own store, a unique market. Um, would be the best place to get in front of customers. The last thought that I just want to leave you with also is that when you go to these cities, so if you came to Los Angeles, the other key thing is make appointments with stores. You know, like if you're in Los Angeles, you're in Los Angeles for the market. Well, on Monday, you should drive around. If you don't know stores, drive around different neighborhoods, different areas and get to know Mm -hmm. all the stores and then approach them or work ahead of time doing research online contact the stores and say, Hey, I'd love to come by on Monday. Are you available? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. Well, it's been so great talking with you. Take care. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Well, that is our episode. I loved catching up so much, but now here are my five top takeaways. Number one, no one is judging you. You are the only one judging yourself. Once more for the people in the back, 
No one is judging you. You're the only one who's judging yourself. Takeaway number two is that you don't need a professional crew to shoot quality social media content. Just use your phone. You can edit on your laptop. There's apps. You can literally edit on your phone if you'd like to. Use what you have. It should really be simple. Don't make it harder than it is. Takeaway number three, not all of your posts need to be focused on selling. Remember that so much of your story and so much of what your brand stands for can be conveyed through social media. So you don't always need to be posting about products or buy this or buy that. In fact, that's kind of a turnoff to most customers. So remember, telling your story is going to help you sell. And takeaway number four, it's important to create a social media strategy. If you have never thought about doing this and don't have one, you need to write this down right now. Create social media strategy. So you wanna plan out how many posts a week you're going to post. Remember the different types of content that you can create. And this will help you figure out what type of content is going to be your most popular. Once you know that, and once you know what isn't working, move forward with the same strategy of number of posts per week and just concentrate on the popular style of content. And number five, make a brand style guide. So many people have been telling me that they have no idea what this is and they've never thought about it. So for everyone listening who has a brand but has never created a style guide, this is really important for you. You need to decide on the colors that represent your brand, the typography that you wanna use, and you can search for brand style guidelines online. This will bring up a lot of great examples for you to look at and essentially model yours after. Once you make this document, then it'll be so easy for you to hand it off to a freelancer or other employees to take on and who can implement it online, in packaging, in labels, in everything that you use to ship your products out. Again, having a style guide is essential for any business and this will save you time and money in the future. Woo, okay, that was the episode. The best thing that you can do to help spread the word about this podcast is give us a five, once again, that's five star rating. And remember to leave a review. Honestly, that's probably the best way that more people will discover this great podcast. Also, remember to tell your friends on Instagram or at SOS with Sonia. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe. That way you don't miss any episodes and you'll know when the really exciting bonus episodes get released. And if you're listening to us on Spotify, make sure to follow. Same thing. You will never miss my voice. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening.